I'm sorry I'm late, Grandpa. Oh, don't worry about that, Matilda. I've got the checkerboard all set up over here. No, and I just didn't want you to think I wasn't looking forward to this. This is my favorite part of the week, getting to sit here with you and play. Oh, oh, I know this is your favorite part of the week, because you're one of those weird antisocial kids who doesn't make a lot of friends. Well, Grandpa, why would I need friends? I have you. Well, yeah, but I'm getting old, g girl, and one day I will pass on. But you and I will stay connected forever, and I've been working on this device that's going to let me speak to you from the dead, and so I'll never be alone. I'll never be without you. You see, that's the kind of thing that makes me concerned. Right there, you're going to make a robot me to replace me instead of finding new friends. No, Grandpa, not a robot, you. It's a telecommunication device so I can speak to you from the dead. You can tell me what move to make on the checkerboard for you, so I, I'll be able to play checkers with you forever until until I die. And who knows what it'll be like then. Okay, well, you're... Okay, wait, hold on. Are you, are you saying... Just to be clear, are you telling me that you have a device... Like, one of them text bot things that's going to communicate like it's me? Or do you mean you've, you're creating a device to speak to me in the afterlife? I'm creating a device so I can speak to you in the afterlife because I need to hear the sound of your voice, Grandpa. I could, I know I can't live without that. Well, I mean, if that's what you're into, I could always get out the Ouija board. <gasps> Grandpa, I, you can't tell Mom. She'll be so mad. Your mom's always mad anyways. <laughs> but we do have this Ouija board over here. Now, I'm it, not dead yet. I get to actually play with a Ouija board? Okay. But, uh... Before we start playing with the Ouija board, I just want to be clear to you. Contacting okay. the afterlife is... is not for the faint of heart. Oh, Grandpa, you know that I can handle this. No, I was talking about me. I've got a bad heart. Okay, well, I don't want to put you in danger, Grandpa. Don't just do this for me. Well, I do all the things I do for you. You're the only grandchild that still comes and visits me. Well, that's because I love you, Grandpa. You've always been there for me. I have. Even when no friends showed up to my birthday party, you were there and you sat and ate a piece of cake with me. And Even when I lost the student council election and sat on the curb by myself with a torn-up poster board. Yeah, those things are pretty, uh, pretty depressing. Well, here, let me pull out this Ouija board here. All right, here. do you know how the Ouija board works? I've Googled all about it. I, I'm ready. All right, I guess that uh, incognito mode exists for a reason. All <laughs> right, so we're just going to put both our hands on the Ouija thing. Okay. And now we're going to ask, we're going to ask the ghosts a question. Grandpa, I can't tell if my hands are shaking or if this is spiritual energy right now. Well, we haven't asked it a question yet, so it's probably shaking. Okay. All right. You want to ask the first question or shall I? I'll, okay, I've got a good one. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Is my dad really dead? Okay, it's, it's a creepy one, but okay, let's see here. All right. All right. The, the Ouija board. Okay, it's moving. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Are you moving it, Grandpa? Don't do that. I'm not doing it. Okay. <laughs> clearly, clearly the afterlife. Oh, 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 it's moving around the board. Oh. It's doing sort of a zigzaggy pattern. Yeah, yeah. I can't, can't tell if it's going to yes or no. Oh my gosh. It, it, Grandpa just, it stopped in the middle. It has stopped in the middle. It's, it's not a yes or a no. Does that mean, does that mean they, the, the spirits don't know? What does this mean? They're not giving us answers. Okay, wait, I've got a, I've got a different, wait, I have an idea. Okay. I have an idea. Okay. <clears throat> Is my granddaughter's biological father the milkman? Whoa. Oh. Oh, oh, it's going oh. fast. It is going fast. It's and going fast. It's, oh, oh. Oh my gosh. Yep. Really? Yep, that's a yes. Oh my gosh. The milkman? Yep, I get, well, I guess that's why I couldn't answer before. Turns out your, your real father was the milkman. Oh my gosh, Grandpa. Did you, did you know this? What? No! Obviously, this was a message from the spirit world. Um, but you and, you and Mom are pretty close. I feel like Mom would have told you something this big. I mean, is that really relevant to the, is that relevant to the ghosts? Okay, you're right. Why why worry about that when we've got all the answers here from the... Do I seem like the kind of person who would invent playing a Ouija game just to tell his granddaughter incredibly difficult truths? No, no, Grandpa. You love me too much. I That's mean, right. We've sat right, opposite what... each other with checkers games for for years and years. You would have, you would have talked to me then, I'm sure. Of course. All right, what question do you want to ask it now? Um, gosh, Grandpa, I'm kind of stuck on this. I feel like I need to know, do I have any siblings? Well, I mean, you've got a bunch of siblings. Oh, do you mean like additional milkman siblings? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just something I'm, I'm trying to come, I'm trying to understand. And I don't know anything about the milkman. I don't. All right, well, let's put our hands on the thing and find out. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. It looks like it's trying to spell something now. Oh, okay. 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 Let's see here. Uh, we got P. Uh huh. R. Mm-hmm. O. Okay. E. A. B. L. Y. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I guess the ghosts don't know everything, you know. But you know, I mean, it stands to reason. Well, I mean, you know, it stands to reason if the milkman's going around town knocking people up, he's probably knocked up more than one person. Oh my gosh, Grandpa, this is just getting worse. Oh. Don't I, worry about it. Don't worry about it too much. I guess I, I had this moment where I thought maybe I would track down the milkman and say, hey, I'm your daughter, and we would have, like, this reunion moment. But if he's got kids all over town, like, 
Well, the ghost said probably. Doesn't necessarily mean yes, but it means it's likely. It doesn't make me feel better, Grandpa. I, 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 feel, I don't feel special. I don't, I don't feel wanted. Well, I, what it does mean is you should probably date from outside of the town, just, just to play it safe. <sighs> wait, till, wait till you get to college to date, I guess is what I'm saying here. I do appreciate that you're, you're helping me kind of see bigger picture here. I... All right. All right, well, I got... Okay, now I got a question for the ghost now. Okay, all right. All right. All right, here we go. Okay. Should my granddaughter make new friends after I die instead of trying to communicate with my ghost... with my ghost self? Here we go. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, it's moving. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's moving. Yeah, it's really fast. It's, like, very certain here. Oh, it says yes. It says yes, you should make friends and move on when I die. Oh, gosh, Grandpa. If that's what the the spirits say through the Ouija board, I guess I have to. Yep. Do you have any other questions you want to ask the spirits? Um. Maybe something about the quality of your macrame? Or, uh, what... Or what happened to that birthday present that you never found out about? Um, the birthday present I never found out about. I mean, I mean, you know, there was that one birthday where you were expecting a present and then you, you didn't get it. You could ask, you could ask the spirits about that one. Oh, oh, okay. Um, what happened to the birthday present? Okay, here we go. All right. All right, it's moving around. Oh, wait, it looks like it's good. Uh, all right, oh, here we go. Okay, it looks like it's going to spell it out. Okay. Okay, looks like S. Uh-huh. O. L. D. Oh, and now there's a space. Sold. F. O. R. Okay, sold for what? Okay, it's going another oh, space. Here we go. Uh, R-E-N-T. Oh. Oh. My mom sold my birthday present for rent? Well, my understanding is it was pretty expensive, you know? Probably. Oh, Oh my gosh. Grandpa, I want to ask the Ouija board one more thing. Is it what the present was or is it something else? It's something else. I, I, I think I'd be heartbroken even more to know what the present was. Okay, what? All right, what What do you want to ask it? Uh, okay. Don't get mad. Um, I want to ask the Ouija board, when is Grandpa going to die? Why? Well, I, well, I, don't, I don't know. Grandpa, put your hands on the Ouija. Come on. I don't know. I don't know if the spirits would know that. Uh. Yeah. Per se. Oh. I, I, okay, my try. My hands, my hands are on the thing. Okay. Uh, okay, it's it's an N. And uh, oh, E, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and um. You you sure you're not moving this? I'm not moving it, Grandpa. It's okay. the it's the board. Uh, v. Okay. Uh, oh, back to E. Okay. 
And, oh, over to R. Uh, and you sure you're not pulling this? Grandpa, you're never going to die. Oh, I'm so glad we played this Ouija board. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, me too. Milkman truth and all. I uh, Totally. I'm glad that we played this. Thanks, Grandpa. It totally worked out the way I planned and didn't backfire at all. Your mom bought you a pony. Welcome, welcome back to Ruben Uncut. I have a very special guest uh, in my virtual studio today. We are talking with uh, Marissa Lang, a fellow improviser and funny person. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm talking to you, Ruben. Fantastic. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. All right. So I'll just, uh, I guess I'll just get into it. You, of course, uh, and I uh, have done, it's been a minute since, because of COVID, but uh, for a while there, we were doing uh, long-form improv in Akron uh, with Just Go With It, which I, I hope to one day, you know, get back together with you guys. As uh, do I. So, so yes. So, I guess, let's start with the, let's start at the beginning. Okay. What brought you what brought you to improv? How did you discover improv? I discovered improv in undergraduate uh, at college at Oberlin. Um, I saw it was a short form show by their longstanding group there. And I just thought it was amazing. It was so fun and so smart. And I really wanted to do it. And it seemed equally terrifying at the same time. <laughs> But they offered this kind of workshop class that I took there. And then shortly thereafter, a friend of mine um, decided to found a, a second group. And so then um, we kind of just took off from there and we morphed into a long form group, which was super exciting because it was, it was all very new to us. Um, and we we're the only ones doing it. And then, um, started attending some you know conferences in chicago festivals and then when i graduated after we did the um first oberlin college improv festival which i think i think is still going on um it's i, I know it was going i know it was going on up until COVID. So <laughs> hopefully it makes the return also i do hope so um after oberlin i moved around quite a bit um, and when I ended up in Chicago, I did improv at Improv Olympic, and I did classes there and joined a, a group that was what they called experimental long form. Okay. And then I moved to Washington, D.C., and again did an experimental long form group there at Washington Improv Theater. And then I moved around some more and ended up back in Akron, Ohio and thought, well, that's the end of my long form experience. <laughs> but then lo and behold, I met you and a couple other cool dudes and was able to start doing improv again with Just Go With It. 
Excellent. All right, so let me let me dig in here a little bit. So let's you know we should address this for the audience because not everyone who's necessarily listening has has done a ton of improv or anything. Uh, so so first of all, uh, there's short form improv. So what would you tell people is the difference between short and long form improv? Well, you know those lines get blurred these days, but um, that's fair. With, <laughs> with with short form, I would say it's mostly game based, mm-hmm. um, and usually the the scenes are shorter. Um, and then with long form, it's kind of more like an improvised play um, with more um, fluid and flexible structures. Um, and you can kind of create things and like we do and, and just go with that we create our own structures and things like that. Um, and depending on, you know, the kind of improviser you are, I feel like long form allows you to get really um, deep with your character development and plot lines and things like that. Oh, absolutely. I would, I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely. So... So, um, do you remember the names of any of the groups you were in? Yes. Okay. So, what so, was your first group called? My first group was Sunshine Scouts, and they still exist at Oberlin. Awesome. They're badasses. They're awesome. Um, and then when I was in Chicago, we were in a group called Uncle Elaine. And some of those improvisers are all over the country doing other improv now. They're so cool. And then when I was in Washington Improv Theater, I was in a group called Jackie. And yeah, I think those are the names of all the groups I've done. And then, you know, sometimes I get to play with those cool cats up in Cleveland um, and uh, with this improvised life and mental illness and friends mm-hmm. um, and of course show. there's the improv death match which you know gotta say just go with it still remains undefeated <laughs> i have such inc- you know it's it's weird because like i i've always like for a long time i've had like a long-standing like competition in improv is stupid but like it kind but like when you're when you're undefeated it it, it, <laughs> It like makes you feel differently about it. You're like It sure does. <laughs> it's like like the whole time it's like, man, measuring this stuff is stupid. Why are we even doing this? We should just be friends. But then it's like, you're the undefeated champions. Well, of course we are, you know. <laughs> oh, and Ruben, I almost forgot. I've been in um two person shows. I oh, did yeah. a two person show for a bit, um, called Eckhart, and then you and I did a show. I think we decided to name it Second Class. Based on the oh, wait, that was the name. I thought that was the name of the structure we did. Yeah, did we name ourselves something else? I think we we just called ourselves just us. Oh, that's right. Like even better. Like J, yeah. like uh, J U S T, base U S. Although it does have the nice, it does have the nice uh, element to it because it sounds like justice. Yeah, uh, kind of but, that elision kind of deal there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I I. I have always had, I have, I have a great deal of fun playing with you. I think I, I also consistently get compliments when you and I play together. Like, well, that's just so good. <laughs> you know, they do say mm-hmm. your play, your, your fellow player, it's their job to make you look good. So mm-hmm. 
And I, I do feel like you are pretty good at making me look good. So I appreciate it. It doesn't take a lot of work, Ruben. Well, I'm, I'm flattered <laughs> and I try my best to also make you look good. Oh, uh, well, I always have fun. So I think you are doing your job. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, um, I do, I do like the idea, though, that we, uh, we make up. I think that is actually an important part of the experimental process of, of learning improv is, is coming up with um, new and unique structures and whatnot, yeah. um, which fortunately Just Go With It has a long, has sort of a history with uh, a number of the, the structures that we perform, we came up with. Um, uh, Matt Dolan invented the kaleidoscope, which is still one of my favorites, even though its yeah. complexity is, it's so complex. <laughs> But when you see it, you're like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I, I don't know. I, I love that one. Uh, I, and maybe it's just because it, I don't know, maybe it's just because that one works specifically well with the way my mind works. Uh, and I know a lot of other people come into it and they're like, okay, I got to write this down. <laughs> okay, we do this. And this is, this is. <laughs> it definitely is a mind-bending experience. I mean, even working with the Herald, you have to kind of just experience it enough to keep track of everything. <laughs> that is part of it. You're learning, your brain is learning how to track these things, which I yeah. think is cool. Uh, time and space was another one that just go uh, came up with, yes. which, which I'm a big fan of. I would explain the kaleidoscope here for the audience, but it, it is so, <laughs> like, if I did it, you'd, you'd have to, like, write, you'd have to make a graph while yes. describing it to most people. We uh, but have I'm... described it with um, the representation of shoes in the past. So. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> the uh, time and space, though, is actually not hard to uh, hard to describe. At least I don't think that was hard to describe. Essentially, uh, it's essentially a, a pseudo herald that takes place in one location mm -hmm. uh, across different time periods and casts of characters. Yeah, you got your A scene your B scene and your C scene and you got your, your A characters doing their thing and it, the B characters doing their thing, C characters doing their thing, but they're all taking place in the same location, just at different times. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that that, I like that one. I think that one's an interesting thing because it kind of makes the, uh, it makes like the environment one of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. There's such, there's like a real potential for richness and how you can, maybe connect the different characters, but you do it in a smart way. I honestly still think one of my favorite ones, though, was maybe one of the first ones we ever did with it. Where Which it was, one? We, we, we came up with that weird setting up on the hill overlooking yes. a small town. <laughs> yes. And then so, like, the one group of people was, like, a band of, like, robbers who'd robbed the local convenience store, and they were, like stashing some of their stuff on the hill and swearing they'd never come back but then like the next time they come back they, they're back in the town <laughs> and and just never several years later and then it was also like um the parent and their weird kid who put all the barbie doll heads on the tree and whatnot <laughs> and then there was another character who it who it who we like later like it was determined that like was actually like i think the person who got shot in the like the like robbery <laughs> Or something. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Isn't it amazing how these can stay with you? It's been years. 
Oh yeah, no, it hasn't been since that one. Uh, but like that one stuck in my mind. I was like, that was so much. Like I, yeah. I the 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 mosaic of characters and interactions we created was just one of my favorites. I was yeah, worth the brain space to remember. Oh yeah, and like it, I mean, it, that one was the one that prompted me to be like, we should definitely do this game all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Um. We've also done some of the more typical fairs, like an onion or a blooming onion, which of course, the onions, uh, I don't know who invented the onion, but Point of No Return in Cuyahoga Falls came up with the blooming onion. That was, as far as I'm aware, that was our idea. <laughs> um, and then we've played with the bat, which came from oh, yeah. Chicago, if I remember correctly. That yeah, kind of radio show in the dark style improv. Yeah, the bat, the bat is fun. The bat Which is fun. We, we debuted in the basement of a flower shop. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's what we did. I remember that. We only had 10 minutes to do it, but it was Yeah. We get, but it was still Oh, cool. and, and we created our own murder mystery. We have we to remember did. that. We did. We did create our own improvised murder mystery structure. Uh, which was that was a great that was great fun. Sadly, yeah. the uh, the Aqueduct Brewery is no longer yeah, no longer a thing. They, uh, but uh, the time period where they allowed us to perform it in their basement was was pretty in awesome. Catacombs. <laughs> it so it did so well the first year. They they asked us to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Lots of fun. A, yeah, that was a blast. Uh, yeah. And then we came up with our own structure for our two person. Oh yeah, yeah. You had the idea it. for the uh, the second class. Yeah. The, uh, which is, that's kind of, because it's like, it's three different scenes all set in an airplane. Yeah, yeah, we're different seats in an airplane. Yeah. I... But that one's fun because um, you can just keep jumping around back and forth, and you when you have a good partner who can read, like, which character you are and <laughs> what's going on. Well, why don't you figure out which seat is which? It's it's pretty easy to stick with which character you're doing. It does help. <laughs> uh, the thing that's so so we'll describe this one for the audience here just a little bit. So second class, the whole idea is that it's scenes that take place on an airplane, and we have you have two improvisers, and then you also have did we? And then you also have some members of the audience, and you set the members of the audience. You have three sets of chairs, and you set the members of the audience in the middle chairs in each set. Yeah. And then. Me and Marissa would sit on either side of those people and do scenes with them in the middle of it. <laughs> just, like we're on an airplane and we're just two people who've been separated by this by this stranger. And that's the whole idea. And, and through either the like a, a range of the audience members horror to delight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the one thing is we a lot of times we've done it with improvisers from the audience. Uh, so they're never they don't they don't really seem sure if they're supposed to how much they're supposed to interact or not interact with us. Do I get to play too? <laughs> like, like, like it's which is which is which is a good question because yeah. like there are times where you're like you want to pull them in, but other times like you other times it does feel like other times it's like no, I prefer the. I prefer what's going on here where it just feels like we're invading your space. <laughs> yeah, there's this wonderful comedic uh, awkwardness of trying to have this issue between two characters around <laughs> somebody. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. 
Absolutely. It was a genius idea by you yourself. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I th yeah, no, it's a, it's a very fun idea. But it's really cool with Just Go With It to be able to be inspired to come up with new things because our, our group has been able to embrace these things and play with them. Um, and there are still some brain children that haven't come to fruition yet that I, I hope can. Absolutely. I, sorry, my brain fart right there. I was, <laughs> suddenly it was like I was in the middle of a conversation. I was like, <laughs> brain went blank. Okay. No, let's just say what I said was so profound. You just needed an extra moment. <laughs> That's right. I'm still processing it. It'll, yes. it'll all hit me later. Uh-huh. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so clearly you've been doing, uh, improv for a long, you were, wait, weren't you involved with, um, the first, uh, the first round of TBD? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, TBD, the improvised musical that was mm -hmm. going on in Cleveland. I was, I don't know. Are they still, are they still doing their thing? Uh, I don't, somebody's doing TBD, the musical hey. now. Uh, I think it, uh, I, I don't know if I know anyone who's in it, uh, oh. but I did see uh, a Facebook posting for something called TBD, the musical, uh, the improvised musical. Uh, so there's somebody who is either, who, there's someone who has either picked, picked up the, uh, the mantle or uh -huh. has inadvertently... <laughs> <laughs> had the, the same, same idea with the same name. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure which, but it, they are in Ohio. Although I can't remember. I forget if the thing I saw indicated they were in Cleveland or maybe Columbus. There is a great improvised musical group in Columbus, um, but I don't think they're TBD. I've seen them before. They're awesome. Nice. I, <laughs> I will say, <clears throat> improvise... Sometimes you see a group that's really good at improvising music, and that's always really impressive. But the thing I find like consistently frustrating as an as an improviser who does like things like um, like long form and mm -hmm. stuff like that, is that like frequently there is this like frequently you'll go to like an improv thing or like I saw I mean, there was an improv death match specifically where like um, where where you'll see like a group get up and do like musical improv and it'll just be incredibly like it do, the thing about musical improv is it doesn't have to truly be impressive for an audience to be impressed because <laughs> they're, they're they've got the music Cause, element because like it's another level average, of skill yeah no exactly like even because like even a lot of improvisers are like oh man they're singing i can't do that <laughs> right right but like there is like a bit like but i have seen like really good musical improv people and like, so I know what that looks like. So every other times I'll see like, and I'm not saying bad, but like, just like, we're a fine and dandy improv troupe who's, who are young and full of vigor. And we've got, <laughs> we probably haven't been doing this for a very long time, but here we are doing musical improv and you're going to clap harder for us than the old pros because this is musical improv. <laughs> and you're all super impressed. And people I do love <laughs> musical improv. Oh yeah, no, I I am well done. It's pretty phenomenal. Oh yeah, no, I've known some incredible musical improvisers in my life. I just, 
I just like there's a part of me that's like mildly envious because yeah. it's, it's like the bar to be impressive is is technically lower. <laughs> like it's like and like you can't just be like, oh yeah, well I've seen musical improv ten times better than that. And people would be like, You're being a curmudgeon. <laughs> But yeah, because like any amount of musical improv is impressive to people. So mm. it doesn't, it's, I don't know. Although I think people just love music. I think that might be part of it. People just. Yeah, you got that working for you in the first place. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah, like that is the thing. All... What are your thoughts on doing improv outside? Ooh, okay. You know, surprisingly, one of my favorite um fast tags that we've ever done was actually on a platform outside during oh, yeah? um, the highland theater highland square festival okay. that they did we, we did them like we did we did that festival like at least three times yeah to varying um, degrees of success right and so every time we'd be like, okay, well, this time we must be, like, we must be miked and, it, you know, we, we keep coming up with our, our specifications because outdoor improv is tough. Oh, I think God. that um, I definitely, if it's by choice, I prefer not to do outdoor improv. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Outdoor um, improv is rough. Yeah. Um, there's just something about the energy that I think just dissipates really fast especially if you miss any of the words um but just having that like collective feeling indoors you get that energy um mm -hmm. kind of saturated by the audience and fed back to the players where i feel like you kind of just you're speaking into the abyss oh yeah I, I think I think it's sort of like a focusing of their energy, like because mm -hmm. when you're when you're in a space and a person is there to watch you in a space, it it means that a they can't go anywhere. They're they're trapped in there with you. If you're at like an outdoor festival, you're going to have those people who like show up and sit down for like two minutes and then they just leave. And you're like, and but for, we were building something together here. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. But like. That's easy with music, because like music, you can sort of take in passively. You just you come by, you listen to a few songs, you enjoy the songs, you move on to the next next tent with the next band. But like mm -hmm. with an improv show, it's like no, no, no. That's you've only come in in the middle. Please stay for more. Yeah, yeah. And I find that you know when we're outdoors, and especially if there are microphones involved, it kind of affects our choices as improvisers suddenly we're improvising about being in a band or you know we're mm -hmm. we get very shouty and that doesn't always support the best kind of improv oh so oh my god mics are another weird thing with improv because yeah. like even if they're hands free mics you've got this extra element of well i better watch out how quickly <laughs> i sit down or or whatnot got this <laughs> mic pack on the back of my pants i don't want to don't want to crush it uh, or if I make this sudden, strange, guttural sound, it's going to blow people's eardrums out, whereas usually it would be more manageable. Do you remember Do you remember when we, uh, when we did that, I think it was some kind of charity, like silent auction show with, with Patrick? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had, and we had, to, it's this big, terribly acoustic room, and we have to use these yes. hand mics? Yes. 
Oh um, man, that was rough. <laughs> you know, and thinking about space that way too, I, I do remember another kind of charity thing where you were just kind of in the round surrounded by a bunch of tables. And I think that also kind of affects like, where am I facing? What's my... The round is tricky. I can't, yeah, for any type of performance in a round is tricky. Like you're, you're going to have your back to someone at some point. I think the general rule of thumb, though, is to always try and face out whichever direction you're facing. Right, right. And I think it's tough, too, because, you know, surprise, surprise, improvisers do rehearse together. And if you don't ever rehearse with that kind of mm -hmm. setup, then you're not used to it. Yeah, totally. Although I, I will say that mics are, are, are one of the big challenges to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like uh, specifically that, that charity event we were into, I remember... Like the mic I had smelled like breath. Like I could, like whoever, whoever had been breathing into this mic beforehand, like you could smell it. And then how do you not incorporate that into the scene? <laughs> I, I don't remember how I responded to that, but it was, but like I distinctly remembered it at the time. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you never, what was, uh, what was the, do you remember any of the, uh, the set of tags we did at Highland that you were happy with? Oh, um, I, I think we were in jail and there was like the big tough guy who like got really into knitting. I don't have as much of a, a retention of it, uh, as you do with. I don't remember the all the scenes. <laughs> no, I'm just going to pretend you're this amazing catalog of scenes, Ruben. <laughs> I maybe remember more than most, but I can't say I remember all of them. People have come up to me to talk to me about scenes that I was like, oh, okay, I was in that. Okay, that was me. I'm glad you enjoyed it. We've now escalated to the um, greyhound barking portion of our interview, so I let me know if that's an issue. Uh, it's not making your screen highlight, so it's okay. hard for me to tell how much of the sound it's actually picking up. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, these the, this this will be um, an audio podcast. I forgot I to figured, mention. That. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I could upload video, but I I just don't. <laughs> Makes it easier to edit out. Like when I do, like, cause sometimes I do them by myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I do those ones, there'll often be these like moments where I have to like pause. Or the thing that I really, it really got to me after a minute was like, I, I would need like a beverage there to, to lubricate my yeah. throat pipes. And, uh, and the problem was, is that I, on the recording, I could hear myself drinking it. Yeah. yeah. And the more I listened to it, the more I was <laughs> like, I hate that. <laughs> that has to go. Yeah. Uh, the power of editing. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the first few episodes have an ASR, an ASMR element to them. <laughs> you hear me drink this fizzy water, uh, and I'm, and so. But as I as I went along, I was like, okay, we're gonna try and take as many of those out as we can. I'm sure I missed some of them, but like, just for myself, it was like, yeah. well, if this is bothering me. It's probably bothering somebody else. I'm gonna. Take... <laughs> but uh, but being audio only makes that easier. Yeah, yeah. Also, the files are much smaller. Yeah. Oh my God. If I put up the video, each each one would be like, like not like two to five gigabytes. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. we're not doing that. 
How much is this if it's audio only? Oh, 65 megabytes? Okay. Absurd <laughs> difference. <laughs> Very absurd difference. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, is there any game you wish that we'd played as just go with it that we didn't? Ooh, gosh. In terms of game... Gosh, I haven't thought about this in a while. Nothing is coming to mind right away, but I was thinking before about how when we first started Just Go With It, we were really um, exploring how do we make this multidisciplinary mm-hmm. and incorporate improvisation with art and dance and music. I mean, not as in an improvised musical, but how we explored how to have um, musicians create ambient as well as uh, active sounds to um, further the plot line. Um, And that was really exciting. And I feel like we were just so spread thin with so many ideas. We really had to kind of Mm-hmm. specify what our goals were and what we were working toward at the time and what the shows really wanted, um, depending on the venue. But I think that's something I'm still fired up about, especially um, when we were playing at the art museum and just some of the ideas that I had about structures incorporating visual art and how to improvise with that. That um, would have been fun. Yeah. I I remember the... Th- the thing with the music, because we did experiment with it a little bit. We we yeah. did find a band who 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 could play with us a little bit. However, such wonderful musicians. Oh yes, great musicians. However, it, the thing we discovered is it's it's difficult. the The thing is, it's getting the other interdisciplinary artists to have the same like commitment to like to like what we're doing is is yeah. is, is, is like the issue, which is not their fault necessarily, like. You're you're a you're a you're a band. You you have you're you're establishing yourself. Obviously, you have other commitments, but like in order to get this thing just right, we need people who can play with us consistently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the shows we did with them, I thought were fun though. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, that was the thing. It's like, okay, can you? How do you get the other types of artists to commit to the same? level of commitment that improvisers have without paying them no ex- yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> uh like that is one of thing interesting thing though is that like improv is interesting because like the level of commitment is simultaneously high and low mm. like you have to be you have to be able to commit to doing it consistently but like in terms of how much of your life it takes over it's not as high as other things it's true like like we can get together like once a week and and do the thing, but if but if I was learning to play the electric guitar, I'd have to play this thing every day. Right, right. Yeah. Or if I was in a play, I'd be rehearsing it like three to five days a week, and then. then and the other the level of commitment is with improv. It's so high commitment in the moment. Like you have to be just completely committed to what's happening in that scene. You can't just kind of be in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So maybe but, once a week, but you were like in that world <laughs> when you were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, that is that is a big thing because like that's that's one of the hard things to build yourself up to in uh, when you're when you're teaching people improv too is that like because you can't really you can't really you can't really like it's one of those things you have to like more experience I feel like because it's it's very at least when it comes to like especially like people who come from come to improv from like stand up is that stand-up comedians have, like, a natural, like, not all of them. Some, some stand-up comedians are, 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 are very natural actors or theatrical people who are very capable of getting into acting. Um, but, like, there is, like, a level with some stand-up comedians where, like, when they come to it, um, there's an aloofness to stand-up comedy. Uh -huh. There's, like, a, a disconnected element. Uh, where you, in, when you're doing stand-up comedy, you are a per, you are yourself or a version of yourself who is just sort of talking to an audience about typically things that are past tense or future tense or hypotheticals. And there's a level of emotional disengagement from that. Um, mm -hmm. that, that improv is like, no, we're, you, you gotta go hard, man. We're, we're, <laughs> we're gonna get weird yeah. up here. Yeah. And you're not you. You're no longer you, mm -hmm. which well, I, some people really love that kind of escape from absolutely. your life and your reality. Um, and I think, too, you're, you're saying you have to experience it, like also being able to experience that one like scene that just really connects and it goes to these amazing unexpected places and really lands and then like you go through the sludge of all the stuff that's not working, but you remember, oh, that high of having that really amazing scene keeps you going back. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the thing that brings you back. Like, like I remember um, when I was in college, in my college troupe, uh, we got like some non-actors into the group. And one of the people we got in was actually like a tech, like a tech guy. He, he did, he was, he was a set builder. And I remember the first time we got him on stage, like afterwards, he was like, man, you guys did not tell me about the high that would come with this. <laughs> like that, that being in front of the audience and like, yeah. like he's, he was like, yeah, no, that he was like, just telling me like, because he hadn't really had as much of that as, as, uh, as a backstage person. So like him yeah. performing, like unlocked that like new me core memory there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Improv, it's great stuff. It is. Mm -hmm. If if you had more time, I would ask you to like uh, create like a, a tiny vignette with me that I could put at the beginning or in, and end of the uh, the the show. But I I've have got... yeah. How, Nineteen how much... more minutes. Nineteen more minutes. Okay. Nineteen more minutes. Okay. Well, that makes me want. Okay. So I'm torn now because part of me would like to try and improvise something with you. But another part of me actually has another thing I want to really ask you about. Okay. Uh, which is that, of course, I actually auditioned for you and uh, and Matt Dolan and Dean yes. Putris when we yes. uh, were just starting Just Go With It. I just wanted to ask you if you remember, uh, if, you, if you remember those auditions. Of course I do. <laughs> they were so exciting. We were over, I think we were at Summit Arts. Space, yeah, it was Summit Arts Space. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> Very cool. Do you, do you remember any? Do you remember any of it or any thoughts you had during it? I don't. I feel like there was a car scene 
That's the only thing that I remember. I feel like there was a car scene. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I just, I had never met you before that. And it was oh. just really neat to see you on stage. I, I had been to see TBD the musical because I knew a few people in it. Oh, okay. Um, so I can't, but I can't remember if you were at any of the shows that I saw. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, who was it that helped out with that show? There was like a director. Oh. Um, um, gosh, I, I know that Matt and I were both in it, but it was, oh gosh, I'm forgetting I, his name now. I believe his first name was Mark something. Oh, director, director. Yeah, he helped for a minute there. Okay. That actually really messed me up. Really? Uh, because I discovered late. So like there was two, there's two marks. There were two marks in like the, the theater the, world in like the scene at that time. And they both had last names that started with M and like <laughs> they had both at one point been at Kent state. Um, but the thing was, is that one of them had been at Kent state when I was there and one of them had been at Kent state when I wasn't there. And like, so like through conversations, these people became meshed in my mind and like, and so, so like, so like there was this, so like a certain point, like I realized that I was mixing the two people together, which was only problematic because uh, it was in conversation. Like uh -huh. I was like mixing together things I knew about the two people into one person. <laughs> and so like. And so, like, I look back on that now, and I'm like, okay, so some people are going to have some very confused perspective on the person <laughs> they thought I was talking about. Um, You're funny. I mean, they both, I mean, they were both vaguely ridiculous people, because I remember the one of them, the one of them, went, when we were posting about uh, just go of it early on, they, they tagged on to one of our, our posts about how they were teaching improv lessons. Oh, I do remember that. And it was sort of like a weird thing. Like we, we saw it and we were like, what? <laughs> but that's our post. It's like this. Come on. Yeah, like this very shameless self-promotion here, buddy. <laughs> but like, so like, I guess they were both vague. They both had some vaguely ridiculous elements. But at the same time, I was like, well, I accidentally talked smack about the wrong person. Oops. Uh, I hope... I hope that doesn't go too far, because I've been mixing them together into one person. Funny. <laughs> oh. oh, all right. So, so let's see. Do you, do you have, still have a few minutes? Yeah, I have about 15 minutes. All right, well... I'll, I'll, I'll edit the uh, I'll edit the sketches in. So in that case, we're okay. just, we're, we're gonna, we're, gonna we're just gonna have our thank you for joining me, Marissa. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Reuben. Awesome. Makes me want to get some improv cooking. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I'll have to have you back on again sometime. That would be a blast. Today has been lots of fun. Excellent.